0: I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. All
1: that I know, I was born in the snow, and I never was told to grow up. All that I hear were the birds, and the sear of my skin, and I feel...
0: music of my guest today on the program, James Levy. Let me tell you a little bit about James Levy. But before I do that, let me tell you a little bit about art. Does that sound okay? Uh, Get out your blue books and your number two pencil because this is going to be boring. (laughs) No, no, it won't be boring, I promise, because I'm going to make it fast. How could it be boring if it's fast? But fast as it may be, Uh, I do feel compelled to point out that all of this will be on the final. All right, so what is the purpose of art? Well, according to Glenn Gould, the purpose of art is not the release of a momentary ejection of adrenaline, but rather the gradual, lifelong construction of a state of wonder and serenity. Meanwhile, on the same subject, Picasso said, "...the purpose of art is washing the dust of daily life off our souls." Okay, so all of that sounds good uh, and intellectual and fancy, but the question remains, does the creation of art always pay the bills? And the answer to that is no, it doesn't. Sometimes the creation of art is just the creation of art for the sake of it. Look, if I put together all the money I've made on the four books I've written, I might have enough to buy a pretty good lawnmower. At a garage sale. But guess what? I'm working on a new book. And after this podcast, I'm going to get right back to work on it. Oh, and speaking of this podcast, how much money do you think I've made off this thing? Well, put it this way. I drive a Honda Fit. And my Vitamix has a hand crank. So why do it? Well, because it has to be done. That's why. Because I didn't become a writer or a podcaster or a model (laughs) to make money. I do these things because I have to, because they're all I think about, because if I wasn't doing them, I'd be miserable. Sure, I'd have nicer stuff, but so what? Again, that sounds good, but the fact of the matter remains. Sound ideology doesn't pay the bills, and those bills need to get paid. So, art can make you money, but there's no guarantee that it will. So what do you do? Well, you keep doing it. In this conversation with singer-songwriter James Levy, it's the first time I've had a chat with an artist who confronts this very issue in the unique, honest, and decidedly straightforward way that he does. No spoilers, so let me give you a little background information on Mr. Levy. Getting right to it, the Vermont-born James Levy is one of the finest songwriters on this planet. Or, what's left of it. Instinctive, intuitive, and imbued with a world-weary wisdom— Levy is one of those guys who doesn't just write a song. He digs his way in and out of each composition like his life depends on it. I got hip to his first band, Levy, back in the early aughts. Their debut album, Rotten Love, reminded me of the Charlatans' Some Friendly and The Strokes' Is This It. The hooks were dark, the grooves were raw, and the songs were unforgettable. After Levy broke up, Levy played in bands like Reputante, whose EP was produced by Ash's Tim Wheeler, and Lola Wolf with Zoe Kravitz. Then he put out some solo work under the Promising Young Talent and YVEL monikers, and his 2000 effort Pray to be Free was released under the James Levy and the Blood Red Rose name, and it featured Allison Pierce of the Pierces. Levy co-wrote and produced Charles Bradley's posthumous 2019 effort Lonely as You Are, and his new album Somebody is out this week. Get it. It's a straight-up killer. Look, I think James Levy's work is so towering, it can sit right next to the Giants. Simon, Dylan, Cohen, whoever. Levy is the man, and I'm a huge admirer of his work. Droll, dark, woebegone, melancholic, and oddly uplifting, Levy is practically peerless as far as I'm concerned. All right, strap in. This is an epic chat, so get ready for it. Grab something to drink, something cold... Uh, that you don't mind getting warm. This is a long one. But, like once upon a time in Hollywood, every second counts. That's right. I just compared my podcast to a Tarantino film. (laughs) In spite of my best efforts, the narcissism seems to be getting worse. (laughs) Okay, here we go. This is me and James Levy breaking it down, then building it all over again, and then maybe even breaking it down one more time. Enjoy it. Right here, on Stereo Embers, the podcast. Three, I've listened to your music for years, and I always, I always have projected this uh, a persona onto you that you're probably a late night guy.
2: Yeah, I don't think the persona. Um rings true no i wish it did i no i've been told i'm the kind of opposite of that but i mean i think um i actually have a really hard time staying out at all you know i have a weird thing with uh it's something i'm trying to change now like because i like being alone so much i like being home so much i always have that when I'm out, I have to make a real point to stay <laughs> and not you know just stay, just stay, you know, especially now in Nashville, because in New York, like I would just walk around and then kind of come back here It's like
0: just hang
2: out and meet people, you know
0: you get there and you're like you're already planning your exit strategy. I just enjoy being at home so much, you know I'm
2: kinda. Man, how do I explain it? I'm trying to figure it out myself. And I think I figured out something. Um, I think I need a couple hours by myself at night before I sleep. So I just need to push back the whole system. Like try to just stay out till, I mean, I can't do this yet. To stay out till midnight, you know. I mean the town's a little a little young a little uh, earlier anyways, but if I could stay out till 10 or 11 and then get home and just like kind of hang out for a few hours this is getting really deep really fast (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's something I think about a lot man it's something I think about a lot if I just hung out more then I'd be in a different situation altogether and it's affecting me still as we speak
0: I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I have the same problem. I'm a writer, and I've always been – and I can be incredibly extroverted, but I prefer to be alone as well. And so for me, the problem is even just getting out. Sure. Even just getting out. But now
2: that I think about it, I've been in situations where I've lived in cool places or convenient places in New York. Or people would stop by all the time, you know, and that was like their hangout. And I had no problem staying up all night and hanging out with people when it's at my house.
0: I don't know what that is. I wonder if it's like a control thing because you can't control the circumstances of a bar. You can't control the circumstances of a bar. Okay. Right.
2: So I, I started driving Uber to make extra money, you know. Right. And it's the same thing. I feel in control with people in there. Um, I
0: don't know. It's a, I mean, what do you think it is? I mean, for you, what do you think? Well, it is? I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, and I, especially lately. And you know, I'm 49, and I, in a year, I'll be 50. And I've been sort of – it's made me very circumspect about everything. And I've been thinking a lot about um, – I, mean, I remember when it was time for my bar mitzvah, I was like, do I have to really be there? Can they do it without me? um that was right. you know I, I i feel like i have an incredible um capacity this is the thing i'm good at being alone and i and i think that you know whether you know we're both writers you're a musician and you write i just write uh but i can i don't know if it's a control thing i enjoy the solitude um and and i think being good at being alone uh can sometimes be a bad thing because suddenly you're about to turn 50 and you look around, there's nobody around you. So I I worry (laughs) about that.
2: (laughs) Well, do you find that you connect, do you talk on the phone a lot? Totally. I talk on the phone for hours to people. In fact, I talk on the phone to hours to people I barely know. And I could do it all night. Me too. So, and, and I think I have some, you know, the people I do know uh, well that I talk to, it's like they're loners too, a lot of them that are talking with me. They're homebodies too. They're in their own head and just like to be home, you know. But I think talking is just <laughs> man. I don't know. I don't know. It's a problem. People really. It's a lot easier to get ahead when you can't become a mayor of a town if you sit at home. No. You know what I mean. You can't. I was talking to, uh I was talking to a friend about this last night. Someone I don't know, he's like a state senator, senator of Vermont. He was in town, and I was talking about this stuff, and I said that to him. I was like, "Well, could you be mayor? And could you be in politics if you don't go out?" He's like, "No." I'm, <laughs> I'm like, "Well, yeah." So it's not about like who you are. It's about he's like how how to push or, or present yourself. It's like you can be anything, but if you're not out there, I mean. In some capacity, you know, maybe at dinner parties or.
0: Yeah. Well, I, don't know. I mean, I heard that Jay Leno got the Tonight Show. I mean, originally Letterman was the man, but Leno was such a like, like uh, intense extrovert that he went out and did all these extra meetings and he charmed it away because Letterman Letterman wasn't going to do any of that stuff. And um, part of the reason why Leno usurped it from him was because he was shaking hands with affiliates you know, for a year where Letterman was at his home in Connecticut playing with his dog. Um, uh-huh. So there's – who knows? Yeah. But um, you know, I, I teach college for a living, and my students have this like – they have a fear of missing out. So they're afraid that if they're at one party that there's a the better party elsewhere. I don't have that problem at all. That's that's not my that's not well, my. Well, I
2: had that I had that in my early twenties in New York for sure. Really, and I did stay out. I, I was a different person. Yeah, I did. Um, I always wanted to hang out, and I did hang out before four in the morning often. But something did change. Um, it's like um, it's like with women, like meeting a girl or something. Right. It's difficult to do it <laughs> if you're not hanging out. I've had this conversation with so many people, like if you're just not there, like literally present, I had a friend saying it's it's hard to get what you're looking for, I don't, whatever the situation was, if you're not right. literally present, I'm like, right. Like you have to be there, right?
0: <laughs> it's true. I mean, and sometimes like I, I had this conversation as well. And my friend was saying to me, like, you know, you're not, you know, you don't. You don't meet girl, – girls don't knock on your house, you know, the door of your house and say, I hear you're incredible.
2: They don't. <laughs> no. They don't do that. No. So much about you. I just had to come over. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. I hope you don't mind, but I understand there's a lot of charisma behind this front door.
2: Yeah, and I know you like to stay in, so I'm coming to you with the lights off. Yes. I know you like it dark in here too. Okay. That's that's all great. <laughs>
0: Well, I wonder, are you are you very productive then when you're at home? That that's the other question.
2: Mm, it depends. There's I always have stretches of it, so it's really not a situational thing. I think if I'm feeling good about myself, then I'm pretty productive. But when I feel like I there's no point, you know, it's just too hard, then I don't really do much, you know. I think whenever I'm, I'm a, a guy that really works well with opportunities, you know. Yeah. And I don't work so well, even if they're made up opportunities. Like I can really put something together, you know, and like <laughs> get like really inspired. I don't know. So I do. It's yeah. I mean, I work well. Just yeah. I mean, if I'm sit, like sitting there for a few hours doing my thing, I'm. That's a thing. Yeah. When I did go through kind of a party phase for a few years, I wasn't, per- that was my least productive. And I was always out. I, that was my least productive time. I didn't write anything. That was the only stretch where I really just didn't write anything. I was holding on to like one simple chord structure and melody with no words. That was all I had for like three years. Really? So yeah, it was terrible. I didn't care though, because I kind of was like, you know, I'm making a little bit of money. I'm doing my thing that I've never done before, a different thing, and I just don't care. Like, I wanna have some fun. Like, it'd be nice to have some fun and feel young, you know?
0: And did that work? I mean, you obviously had your fun and you felt young, but artistically, it wasn't the most prolific time.
2: No, it wasn't, there was, I wrote nothing. Literally nothing. I probably didn't write anything, yeah, I mean, it's a hard, it's a hard to do this anyways. You know, it's like, no one really hears what you do unless you're lucky. And, you know, there's just hundreds of, there's just so much, it's just, it's just very difficult. So like, you know, sometimes you break, you're like, what's the point of it anyways? You know, it's like, what am I getting out of it? You know? Um, when you get to the point where you're like, "Yeah, this song is good. I just wrote a song. It's good, right?" For example, I wrote a song. It's good. You and you're already thinking in the future. Yeah, but I could get this guy to do it and this guy, and he'll record it. And but like I can see the end game, but it's gonna go nowhere. You know. You know what I mean? Yeah. you Get like if you at a jaded point. um I mean, at the point I'm at now is it's probably the first time in my life where, and I truly mean it, it's like I don't think I'm that good. I'm talking about singing, I'm talking about writing. I have my own thing, but I see anybody else sing at a club and I'm like, I don't know how they do that. That's where I'm at. like, even if they're not great, it just seems to me where like, um, wow, huh. That's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I can't like, uh, huh. Like they got, like they're all better than me. That's what I'm thinking, like he's better. I was never comfortable playing live, but as far as songwriting and, um, singing, I always thought like, oh, I think, I think, huh, I'm either a really good songwriter or I'm a really good singer because if somebody else sang this, it might not be good or the other way around. Maybe the songs are really good and, but I definitely thought like, I had a girlfriend, my last girlfriend, I said to her, like, you know, I don't know if my songs are any good. It might just be my voice. And she was like, you might be right. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, like, uh, but, you know, in a funny way. But now I'm starting to think, I've never been like this, where I think I just don't
0: have what it takes, I guess,
2: you know? You know?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean... That first of all, you're one of my favorite guys. I mean, I've been listening to you for years and I every time I hear something that you do, it just knocks me out. Um so I think you're phenomenal. But the Well thank you. Of course. And and the crippling self-doubt um that creeps in as I don't I don't know how old you are. How old are you? I'm turning thirty nine tomorrow. Okay. So I've got ten years on you, but I know that like the uh and a happy birthday to you, but I do know that um you know as we get older we get more confident in certain areas and then we sort of lose confidence in other areas. I mean are you finding that that's what's happening?
2: I find that I've lost confidence in most areas. In most areas. um <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's directly involved with um money. I think I think it's going back up. Like since I moved to Nashville, I think it's going back up. But, um, you know, I quit drinking for like three or four years. And that that didn't really help. And um, I think think these things are like a fine line. You know what I mean? I think if you say wake up one day and like somebody really – you, your song gets popular, right? And you have a little bit of money, just enough, you know? I'm not talking about a lot, just a little. And you, you know, you meet a girl or something. I mean, your whole world shifts, you know? Like, you right. feel confident. I've been confident, you know? Um, and there's certain, I think I have a, only certain, I don't connect with everybody. But when I do, I feel co- like confident, you know? With certain people. Um, but no. To answer your question I didn't you know I've been in different stages in my life where I've been much more successful and younger and doing a lot more stuff and right now it's probably I think I have a lot of stuff coming out and I'm doing a lot of projects but as far as like I'm not doing anything you know I'm mostly driving an uber (laughs) you know what I'm saying yeah, I mean, so it feels. I don't know. It's a little realer. I feel a little realer. I mean, I I don't feel completely confident. No,
0: there. I mean, it um, it does seem like you are um, in the pocket, though. It seems like creatively, you've honed in on, um, you know, the, the the like for example, the evolution of your sound just from you know the one little Indian days to now has really um, changed, right. right?
2: Yeah, my voice has changed too. Yeah, it's sounds its like a different person. I know it's crazy. I don't write—I don't write bridges. I don't write pre-choruses a lot, you know. And I think like today's world, everyone's so everyone needs to make money. You know, it's like with music, and there's a specific way. And maybe it was always like this. I think I was talking to a friend saying, "You don't." He was saying, um, "Well, you don't make music that popular." I was like, what do you mean? He's like, no, no, it's cool. Like it's, it can get popular in like indie scenes and all these things, but like that, you don't make pop music. I was like, I thought I did. He's like, no. I was like, huh? It's like, if you were making pop music, you would be writing bridges and choruses and or and pre-choruses and everything. I'm like, right, huh? Like maybe that's true, you know? Or the lyrics wouldn't be just too weird, just a little weird, you know?
0: I mean I don't even know what popular you know what I mean? means anymore. It's like, I don't know either. I right? don't
2: know what any, I don't know anything. I see bands playing that to 10,000 people. I've never heard of them. I don't know what's going on with anything. You know
0: I know. Like I think popular means <laughs> like, like, oh, can we put your song in a phone commercial?
2: Yeah, Well, that's what I like Nashville. I like Nashville because I feel like there are people that are popular, you hear their name a lot, and outside of this town, or maybe certain circles. You wouldn't, but it actually feels like, oh, the popular kids, you know? It's not like uh, some dude walking in New York City who's actually playing to 10,000 people that night and no one knows who they are because it's a bunch of 14-year-olds. Right. right. It's like here, it's like, oh, that guy's a hot shot. I'm like, oh, right, you know? I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. You know?
0: It's like big fish in a small pond. I like it. You know? But I mean, have you always felt out of step anyway? I mean, you know, like it's not, I mean, you, the, the music you've been making your whole life has never been, you know, something that you would say, I'm currently part of the cultural zeitgeist where this is clearly in step with what's going on right now. I
2: think the first Levy record, yes, that was the closest thing because I was young and the strokes thing was going on. Right. And I was, I, I, there's a lot of interest in my band. I had a shot, you know. There's a lot of labels that were constantly singing. And, you know, people were, It was a different business. But, yeah, that was the closest thing. But since then, no. Since then, no. I mean, the only way I really made records since then were... Other successful musicians really just liking my music and wanting to make it. You know? That's kind of how it seems. It's like... But I was never in the right place. Now, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's a totally different ball game. Like, I don't know what is this culture of music. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't, I mean, well, what
2: is, like, the, I'm in the right time at the right moment thing. I could see in Nashville, like, how people do that. You know, I don't think I have that sort of sound. But I could see how, um, like, I don't know what the cultural movement is now. And to be fair, the whole strokes type, interpol, yeah, yeah, yes thing at the time, it wasn't like I don't think that was popular all over. It was just certain pockets, you know. I mean I know the yeah yes and I know the bands got bigger, but like, you know, I don't think they were big in small towns, you know. I don't know if that was
0: part of anything
2: except for a certain scene, you know. I think now it's bigger than it was before, you know.
0: I think you're right about that. And I think that um you know what's interesting about that first levy record is I you know I remember when in the late eighties when I was really into like the charlatans and the stone roses, that record could have been between those two records and i and I wouldn't have blanked it would have fit perfectly in um, right. though it also fit in perfectly with the interpol stroke stuff um yeah, I don't know I mean as a writer I m- I remember my agent used to say to me like can you be a little more commercial and I was like, I think my shit is really weird and i and I I don't know how to make it more accessible. So, you know, you can only honor the impulses that you actually have, right? Like if you tried to write a commercial song, um, I don't know, what what would that be? Um, You know,
2: that band, The Pierces, covered one of my songs, you know, and it was all over the UK. I mean, it was everywhere. It was on airplanes. It was... um, on the radio constantly it was very successful you know no one knows about it here but when they sang it it sounded like
0: more like pop pop you know what i'm saying and does that make you think like oh maybe maybe collaboration it, like you know someone else interpreting is that did it make you sort of think like that about your work
2: right and every time somebody else interprets it they always do kind of put in they do always arrange it different than I do it. That's more in that pop way. you know it's not like that there's no bridge or no uh or this it's just really a diff it's just like but make it feel like that i do as as far as collaborations that's the one thing I wanna do if I had my choice like I kinda like singing with somebody um. And that's kind of what I'm looking to do now. It's like, I just, it's just more fun for me and it brings more energy to something, I think. Um, I mean, I guess that goes back to what I was saying before. If I'm, I I do have the thought process, maybe because I'm so uh, self-deprecating. If I write a hypothetical, incredible song, what doesn't matter? What am I going to do with it? You know, but if I have somebody else with me, like there'll be an energy form and it'll, they can get it out or something. You know what I mean? Like what I'm saying with Allison for that one record, I don't think it would have worked because she brings an energy just to the, the, um, Whatever that is, it's not the music. I'm not talking about the music. I'm talking about more everything else. Like people are interested. It's just there's an energy there, you know, where you're out with them. You're playing shows. It just works better, you know. Yeah. And that's all all I want to do is duet records, to be honest. I'm making two now, two more. I'm making two now.
0: So (laughs) can you say who you're doing the duet records with or is it too early to say?
2: I could say I'm making a duet record with this girl Zuri Marley. You can okay. look her up. Um, and I'm talking about doing one with my friend David from the band Herman Dune. I'm supposed to fly out and do it like a few songs um, next week. So I feel like I could say that. Yeah, like he wouldn't be mad at that. I don't know why he would.
0: Um, I mean, they're, they're, I love duet records.
2: Me too. I love them. I love
0: them. Oh. Um, um, but it also it also gets back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation about uh, a duet record doesn't happen if you if you're in your pad right like you have to actually leave so in some ways a duet record even forces you out it it doesn't even
2: work if you have somebody in mind
0: and they like your music
2: if you're not kind of not it's not out but like if you're not social in a certain way because it's like nobody i think people just want to do shit whether it's that or sign a band if it's like if it's if there if it's cool if you're in it you know what i'm saying and not separate from it yeah um, yeah sure i could probably find people to um do it with it's like through emailing and all that stuff people go all the time but i'm not interested in that uh, it's not i'm not interested in it's not really the the uh fact that it's a duet that i'm interested in though. It, i do like that it's more of like a band But, you know, not a band because I don't like bands, but like just another person, you know. Yeah. That brings energy to it. And they're like, maybe you should make
0: just another set of ears and like another instrument, you know. Just in terms of like when you're writing and you are before, let's just say even before a duet thing might even happen how good are you at being a second voice to yourself and, and editing and saying like, Oh, maybe not that, maybe more of this. Are are you pretty good at that process? Editing myself? Yeah. I don't
2: think I am. I think, um, I've learned a little bit more in the last year or so about maybe use my voice in different ways, you know, and not be like, um, I mean, yeah, Morrissey does it, but like, it's just a one voice. A lot of people do it, but like, I'm not those guys. Like, maybe try and be better. I mean, like, I don't know. Some people have told me too, like, um, recently, like, you know, like, because I worked with a producer, kind of saying like, you got to push yourself. Recently, this old school guy, for this uh, another EP that I did, that's supposed to come out. Um and i told my friend about it and he's like yeah man like honestly like your voice is so good that you don't that you just kind of phone it in because you can do that you know you can just do your thing you know and you but it's you know you could fuck around with it i'm like yeah probably you're probably right you know i'm willing to take all this advice you know because i kind of believe it you know I kind well, of believe it.
0: How do you deal with criticism uh, of your work? Do you do you find you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Does it bother you? I just don't
2: care what they say at all. I mean, maybe a little bit. I remember reading an, a review for the first *Leisurely* and in *A Strange*. It was like the, uh, it was German, I think, and it was strange because it said he's a brilliant guy, but not one for the eyes. Whoa. And I was like. I would rather them say you suck, but he's extremely good looking. <laughs> like, I'm, because I don't care if you like it. Like, what do you, what are you, I mean, it's like subjective if you like the music, you know? But like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, who? why would you, like, like what, who's, uh, who are these, I don't even know. I mean, what, would I rather get, it's like, would you rather get when Pitchfork was a thing, would you rather get 10 points? Is it points? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Or would you rather get zero? I'm like, hmm, probably 10. But like, would you rather get nine or zero? Probably zero. Because it's like you, I I don't know who these guys are. It seems like they're all business school kids. That, you know, it's like, if somebody's close to you, you want them to like your music, you know?
0: Right. That matters. That matters, you know? I you know I read I wrote this new poem and I was like oh that's the one I just nailed it and I read it to the girl I was seeing at the time and she said well she said uh, what did she say she said oh yeah that's that's pretty good um what are you doing tomorrow in the morning and uh-huh. I was like whoa that didn't yeah. that didn't really stick Slow with down. you yeah <laughs> yeah and then she said well you're not too much uh, uh to look at but no, no, she,
2: oh, she said that
0: not, not too easy on the eyes.
2: Um not too her, easy on the eyes. That's a good point. Because actually a poem's different because a poem is it's words, right? There's no way else way to look at it. It's like if you're looking at Mozart. Or like people back then, they're like reading the sheet music. They're like, Brilliant. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh brilliant. Oh, look at this. Like they don't even need to hear it. But now you could literally have a song that you play to someone they don't like, and then you could just produce it in a certain way. They're like, this is brilliant. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you don't – with a with a poem, you know, oh, that's okay. But then you're like, wait, now I'm going to put marker on here and crayons and stickers. It's like, oh, wow, that's great. You know? It's not so much about – that's why I don't take the criticism because I think – my latest record, I don't think it sounds a certain way where the cool kids would like it. I I think easily it, if I produced it a certain way, they would, you know, and not even the arrangements. Just change the instrument instead of a pedal steel, use a synth, like all that stuff, you know. So it's, so it's not really about the writing. We're not talking about like the silver Jews and Daniel Johnston and all these people who are like purely – about the the writing you know what i mean it's like and it's its own thing like because i'm not i'm in between all that shit like i'm not i'm not that you know so i'm not jeff lewis i'm not adam green you know so it's like i don't know man (laughs) i know i don't know because kids like that like guys like that they're listening to straight they're listening to something I'm not listening to. You know, they're listening to a whole different thing. That's why Bob Dylan is so great because everybody can like a different thing about him. Things I love about Bob Dylan that he spe- he's the guy for me that, that speaks to me. Other people love him just as much, but it's not for the same reasons I do. You know, he's so vast, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's so much to grasp onto with him.
0: Well, when I think about reaction, I also think like, well, what kind of a reaction would I need to make me feel good like to feel satisfied, right? So I read mm-hmm. a poem over the phone to a pretty girl, and I think like I've just teed up this moment where I can get this sort of satisfaction, right, and now it's all about her responding in this way that I want her to respond, but no matter what she does, it'll always fall short of of what I need, and so I was thinking like, well what?" kind of a reaction when you know would make me satisfied. So I write this poem that I've been, you know, I've been I've been I finally hit the exact thing I wanted to hit. If I were to go outside and see a crack in the earth because of the way I wrote that poem, that maybe that <laughs> maybe that would be enough right. right there. You know? Right.
2: Right. I mean maybe it's like a very famous poet like read it and in- liked it maybe that would something that you
0: respected sure that would help i mean the person you're attracted to always is the one you go to first right and then you um but then if she adored it too much i might get suspicious i mean i don't know it's funny you mentioned the silver jews because i I think about berman and i think about um you know that, that that's a tough one to walk off in terms of the news of what of what happened to him but what a brilliant writer, and he—he he reminds me of Dylan too, in the sense that I think people liked Berman uh, for totally different reasons as well. Right, and I don't know much about him,
2: to be honest. You know, I've I just never really—I never got dug in. But I'm just going by what people say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, over the years, um, or someone like Jeff Lewis, you know? Yeah, I love I don't Jeff. Know if you know his music. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know. You can't really be better than that. I mean, but he wrote me a letter. Like, I signed on my record, and, you know, he's like, he said something like, he's like, I have to accept that people want to hear music that sounds good. And I was like, well, they do <laughs> because it's yeah. music. Um, it's not a poem. I mean, Bob Dylan." was a great singer also and he looked great and um you know i don't know you know it's very easy to make music that sounds good so you're competing with like like if i make my new record the way it sounds it's like no one most people are going to make it like that because you get so you you can make it sound really really good you know what i mean i just want a song like if if i were a carpenter with a duet oh man you know the johnny cash that you know it's like Got too much asked for? Just that uh, no. kind of feeling of uh you know, going around with a pal singing some
0: songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking about guys like like Paul Simon. So like with Simon and Garfunkel, I know that when those guys were creating music, they knew that the world was waiting for it and there was a place to put it and you could make a living doing it. And I wonder if those circumstances had changed or if they do change, let's just say they did change, and you know the world is waiting for you, and there is money to be made, and and the, you know the music uh, world was different. Would that change things on your end? I don't know.
2: I think everything changes everything on everything, right? I think. I mean, you gotta dream. Um, if you don't. Um, even if the dream is unattainable, if you feel like there's not even that that cloud there anymore, like what? Wait, where? What's the dream? That is, I think it is hard because without that, like I, I just I totally, I totally forgot that
0: this is a podcast. <laughs> I know it's good. This is great. This is exactly this. Is I actually, I, I,
2: I actually thought that um, it was an interview
0: until I was like, oh wait, this is a podcast. Um. <laughs> Yeah, this is like, you know, one of the one of the main things about this podcast is we we talk about like the current creative moment, like like what are you facing right now? And I find with with most artists, whether it's writers or musicians or, you know, the thing that's happening, even if there's a record coming out, they always want to talk about the next thing, which I've always loved because that creative excitement always to me sounds so, so exciting and cool. and I, and I was thinking, like, being an artist is sort of like – you're a little bit like Sisyphus in the sense that, like, you can nail your creative vision and then you just have to do it again. It's, But
2: it is hard because I have a few different projects. And I'm just like, well, what am I going to do with them? They're not even coming out yet or mixed yet. I'm like, I don't know. Like, what are you supposed to do with – I guess the point is you're not supposed to think about it so much maybe. I don't know. Oh, my point was when you never really broke, like – like I'm I'm I don't I've never really I've had success but you know I am where I am um it's kind of hard to you kind of have to be at your best because the first thing people are hearing is what you're doing and that being said it's kind of hard to be at your best at you know pushing 40 I mean you're getting better at certain things but that spark it's like you know Chris Martin doesn't have to come out with his best song and if he doesn't then he he, you know it's over for him you know what i'm saying like jeff Tweedy doesn't have to come out with a record of his best stuff right because he's already broke he he already has his thing he can do whatever he's all like gravy he's just doing his thing you know which is great somebody like me or people in my situation or most people you know it's like even if I'm down here or something, you know, I'm meeting new friends, like, oh, I heard your your music, your new song. Sounds cool, man. That's all they know. You know what I mean? Right. And if it's not, and it's not as good as other stuff, probably. And if it's not good at all, all they think of me is he's not very good. And there might be people like that, you know, that think that like, oh, yeah, he's okay. But they don't know. What, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of a, it's a hard battle.
1: I pray to be free from this love hanging over me, but you say it just ain't right, cause without love You say it just ain't right Cause without love it's a misery And I know you know that I, I will see you again I will see you This time not as lovers but just as lovers. friends Not played So You
2: say, just stay right. and love, it's a if I meet somebody, like, oh, I'd like to hear your music, you know? I'm like, I don't even know, like, what to send you. Like, am I going to send you something I did 10 years ago? Like, I've actually done this with people. Like, well, what kind of music are you Do <laughs> You like this? Oh, uh, do you like that? I'm like, hmm, I think I got the record for you, you know? And I send them a specific one because I'm not going to – you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. going to say, here's my new record. What's a new record to them? They don't want anything,
0: you know? You could, Because everything is new to them. So if you were to meet – let's just say you meet a, a bewitching, beautiful woman one night, and she's interested in you, and she says, oh, and you're a musician. <laughs> I send me your –
2: <laughs> I, I see meeting them. The interest in me is maybe a different story.
0: Yes. So,
2: right. I have met people, right, men or women down here. And they're like, I, what do you sound like? I'm like, I don't know. Like, uh, I sound like this now, I guess. I mean, I and I, I do. I'm like, what are you into? Like, I see that they're talking about certain bands. I'm like, oh, I think you'd like, here, here, here's one for you. You know, I do do that because I don't, I'm not going to send them my new record. It's like going into a pastry shop, you know, no one's tried any of your pastries and like, well, what do you like? Right. (laughs) This is the newest one. Here's the newest cranberry fucking tart. But like, (laughs) what do you like? You know, so like I kind of like chocolate, like, I'm like, here's a fucking chocolate croissant, you know? Yeah, I made it an hour ago. Right, <laughs> not just one request. You know, it's like I don't know what's the difference. Like you must hear my new work. It's like my new work is so irrelevant to what's going on. Anyways, it's like what's the fucking difference? It's not a. It's not a New York Post story.
0: Like, you know. Well, I've actually miscalculated. I I met a girl uh, a couple of months ago. And she, I thought for sure, okay, I'm going to get, cause I wrote a book of poems. I wrote a book on the stone roses and I wrote a novel. And so I think like, those are all cross disciplinary, right? So this girl, it seemed to me uh, like she would would like poetry. So I I gave her the book of poems and uh, she was not, she definitely was not, she, I'm more of a nonfiction girl. She She didn't even like this. I totally, I gave her the wrong tart. Even if they like, even if you pick right. And people really delve into your shit. They'll fucking,
2: if they're smart enough, they'll judge you. They're like, Yeah, I like that, but I see what else you've done. And I think that's kind of bullshit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all I'm saying is that Chris Martin wouldn't, Coldplay wouldn't break today, or Pearl Jam wouldn't break today if they were the new single, whatever it is, was the one. You know? Right. Right. Like, I, I mean, love Pearl Jam. I love fucking Wilco. I love Jeff Tweedy, but his songs about doing laundry probably weren't the songs that were going to break him. You know?
0: No. You know? I, I think you're right about that. And I think, I look at Coldplay and I go, well, what? I mean, I love that first record and I think the second record's pretty good. Um, but after that, it feels, to me, it all feels fairly average. I don't think that those records would have broken big. Well,
2: he, he, he clearly, know. he clearly has a presence though. What You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean that's clear, right? Oh yeah.
0: You can't take got, your eyes
2: off him. You can't take you can't take your eyes off him.
0: You can't. The guy <laughs> the guy just radiates charisma, right? Like you see him on stage. He, he, he really goes, does. Yeah. 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 Even even Tweety just sort of standing there is is uh, has some electricity.
2: Well, yeah, because back in the day he was so fucking electric. So it, it it's also that all that's the same point. It's like you see Tweety now is a older man. But you know the whole you know it's like seeing you see the whole thing, you know? Right. Right. But for me, Bob Dylan, if you go see him now, you're seeing like glimpses of him as a twenty year old. You're seeing the whole thing. People like us or people like me, no one's seeing that with me on stage. They're seeing what I am
0: right now and not anything before. You know? Yeah, I see I, I get the dilemma. I mean Because if if Dylan, let's just say Dylan met a beautiful girl who's never heard of Bob Dylan, what does he hand her blood on the tracks? Or does he hand her a knocked out loaded? What does he give her? I don't
2: don't think he's going to have a hard time. He's going to have a hard time. I think he's going to have a hard time. Yeah. It's going to be a hard read. Maybe Lay Lady Lay or something? Yeah. I mean, fucking, I don't know. He's going to have to go dumb. As dumb as he can get, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, think. I
0: agree. I mean, he's not going to give her that nine-minute song about the Titanic. No. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's interesting. And... I mean, like, you know, like, what is most representative of you? And I, and I find that most people say, the thing that I haven't even done yet. Um, mm. You know, or the thing I'm – it's in the oven. Yeah.
2: I feel like I'd like to write that one song that is universal in the way that I want it to be, you know, like that's just like undeniable, you know. So I don't know if that's possible because I think I'm getting a little dumber and slower. But I think I don't know what's the most representative of me. I would probably say just a song that I've been working on for a few months that I can't get, just a chorus that feels right right now. Cause the rest doesn't really feel like me anymore. The last record felt like very much me, you know, until I was done and I kind of broke out of a certain funk, but now it's not me. It's hard to listen
0: to actually. It's a little sad, you know? And um, I mean, that must be weird too. Like it, I mean, kind of disorienting to kind of, to have that feeling. That must be a strange feeling.
2: it's it's very isolating because you're the only one really thinking about it. But imagine if you were successful and you have tours and all sorts of things and people patting you on the back and all sorts of things. I think you would look at things a lot different. But when it's really just like you're writing your novel and, you know, a few people read it, it's like you're kind of living with it yourself. You know, it's your thing. There's no like real ego attached in that way. For the world, because you know you know it's i could I wouldn't write those songs today, you know, and I wrote those songs in the last year or so, you know, and then recorded them. I would never write those songs a year later. I listen to the reputant stuff or the blood red rose stuff or i I would never write those songs today. I wouldn't even know how to do it. And something like Rotten Love, I would never know how to do it. Like that seems so simple to me. And I don't even know if I've had the patience to, I don't even know if I could, because you kind of have to feel when you're writing something on guitar and it's so simple like that, like, how do you know it's good? You just, there's certain times where you feel so strongly and you can't control it. Right. Right. It's like, you're drunk on emotion and you know, it's good. But if I was singing that song now, I'd be like, I don't know. Like, what is this? You know, what the fuck is this? You know, but at the time, you know, so strongly that this is good. Whether anybody else does it is irrelevant you know it's a clear feeling like oh yeah i mean i can tell you there's times like say you know i play a song for someone i know it's good or i know they're gonna like it and i can tell when they're lying and i can tell when they're not you know i know when i do it and i know it's because i feel it i feel it so strongly you know it's like a magic right i mean like why are those early Beatles songs so good? It's not like Paul McCartney forgot the chords or forgot melodies or how to do it. It's just right. a, it's like a magic, right? It's like he can obviously still play those chords and come up with lyrics and, but it it's like that one little, I know people don't really, it's like antiquated this whole thing because I feel like people just think that it's all, I think that's a dying art, you know, for a, like a cult like a pop culture but there is a magic
0: it's true and and i and i think that there's you know like like songwriting is a beautiful art but it's a very tricky business and then there's there's you know there's two sides There there's there's the creative side and then there's the business side where you think like, what's the delivery system? So, and now you're in charge of all those things. And I and I think, you know, like, like McCartney wasn't really in charge of that stuff early on. Um, and so do you feel the weight of, of business decisions in that sort of, it kind of leaks into the creative process?
2: No, because I don't feel like there's any business around me. I mean, there is, but like, I, I don't feel it. And I also know that there's, There's everybody is so much there. People are really good at better at business than me and getting themselves out there that I don't even think about it because I I mean I'm like a 40 year old guy like what am I trying to do? I'm just trying to make a living. I'm not I I, I'm out of the game, you know. It's like I don't know. I mean my goal is just to make a living and meet some interesting people on the way. You know if I can do that then I'm cool. You know I'm mostly. My drive is pretty gone. The only drive I have left is when I do write and to make money doing it, to some degree. That's where the drive is. But the drive to be uh, successful, you know, I don't really care.
0: Outside of making a living, you know. Was Nashville a a conscious choice for you? In what way? In the way to meet those people, uh, to find to find those sort of confederates.
2: Well, I was. It wasn't a way because in New York, you know, it was a dying thing. You know, I mean, I'm not going to meet those. I mean, I had my friends. I'm saying, but like, if I was going to keep doing it, like, I couldn't be making. I I didn't know how to do it there anymore. I I mean, I wanted to meet new people, just regular people, like singers, just anybody. You know, I mean, I met people down here. Like, I just liked them. And I was like, you want to sing with me? (laughs) Yeah. You know, just because I like you. I mean, I like, you want to sing with me? You, you, like, you want to sing? I just kind of want the connection. In New York, I couldn't really do that because it's like, do you want to come sing on my track? And then, you know, like, you know, it's like, it was all, you know what I mean? No one is sitting around. Like, everybody in Nashville is like, they're all songwriters. You know what I mean? Or musicians, I'm saying. All the music. I mean, I rarely run into, like, people doing pop bands or whatever. I mean, there's, like, the pop country stuff. I'm still learning it all. But it seems like everyone's just into songwriting, whether it's good or not, you know? And that's kind of where I feel like I'd like to be at my age now. it's kind of in that world. Be I didn't want to be in Queens, like, practicing with a band and playing at piano. You know what I mean?
0: Right. That, that,
2: that's not just, appealing to you. Well, no. And I didn't play a solo show. I played my first one the other night. First one in five years.
0: And how was that? I, wa- I wasn't feeling it. Oh. It was good to get
2: out. It was good to play with people that I met. I knew the people we were all playing with. That was cool. If, if I was doing it, like, booked a show, it wouldn't have been that much fun. You know? Just, like, had my own show. But the fact that it was like, oh, you know, I know everyone. This is cool, you know? Play a few songs.
1: Marry my first love. Marry summertime.
0: Tricky to not be feeling it. I mean, how how early on were you not feeling it?
2: 2013, maybe.
0: Wow.
2: Let's say that's when I really stepped back, and I kind of went into played keyboards for another group. I was just like, well, I can go play like this in this other band. Like, I can actually see parts of the country, and like. I can actually go to L.A. It's like, I, you know, I wasn't feeling it. I just didn't want to do my own thing, you know? Yeah. it didn't. I wanted to go to L.A. and Australia and get paid for it, you know? I gave it up, pretty much. you got to be in something, even if a record does well. If you're not around anybody or with people, then what's the point of it anyways, you know?
0: Well, I like the idea that you feel really attracted to this notion of of duet recording um your mind just starts going like oh all these different people but of course you have to obviously you know make that happen but i like the idea that you're finding that you that you like that um that format like a duet a duet record or or duet really appeals to you whether it's you know, the one you do with charles or um the one you're planning on doing um that's kind of cool Well, that I you... like doing it with allison because she was a good friend you know right with uh right. a... and it was fun it's just it's all around better yeah and that's a i think duet recording is sort of a, a lost art in many ways anyway so that's actually kind of cool um but in terms of your own uh artistic evolution which is something that i i'm you know i think as we get older we get better at sort of we stop doing the things that we're not comfortable doing i think we just kind of go i don't want to do that anymore i don't want to not interested in that i think you become a better editor in terms of the choices that you make um and you narrow the focus to what you want to make and and i think that it sounds like you're in that place i'm trying to i mean i i you know i have
2: discovered like i said it's like i don't want to book a show in two months and like get a band i just want someone to ask me to play tonight that i'm friends with and like have fun I just want to play, you know? It's like I don't want what am I trying to do here, you know? It's like I used to do that in New York too at the living room because I you know, I, I could book a show if they any you know, I could email them like anybody you have any slots open tonight. And like yeah, I I'm, I'm going to go and play. You know. But I would never um be like, "Hey, I'm looking to book a show and uh two months <laughs> for a relief <laughs> like you know what i mean like huh. for what i mean what i mean is, is there money in it like i don't to wait two months no i mean i kind of do still have the troubadour type of mentality
0: you know but it must be a relief i mean it must be a relief to you to take that off the table and go okay enough with that right? like, th- Doesn't that feel kind of like you've lessened the pressure of having to, to you know? Yeah. The only,
2: the only pressure is the fact that I don't have any money and it's right. a struggle. That's the pressure. So I, I, I get conflicted because I'm like, well, I need to do this though. I need to try harder because I really can't do anything else that I think will yield like even a chance of something. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if I Uber, the sick part of it is like, if I Uber for a week straight, I'm going to make more money off that than the Charles Bradley film from tri- driving a cab. Wow. Okay. I mean, or anything. I'm going to make more money driving Uber for four hours than a record I put out. I mean, that's the sick part of it. But that being said, it's not enough money, really. And, you know, the pressure goes from, you, want, you don't want to feel like a piece of shit. And also, like, maybe you you would want to have a kid one day or maybe you would want to date somebody and not be a a, a scumbag you know like a loser and you know why would you want to put somebody through that anyway it's like hey look at me I have a touch of anger and uh, nope no dinner for you tonight it's like you know there, there is a little bit of pressure to, uh you know so I think it's like, oh, I really gotta go for it, but then it goes full circle. Like, yeah, but I don't know how to go for it.
0: Yeah, that's I right. Know I, know, I get that. Like when when you invite people into your world, um, you know, which is a comfortable place as we've we've established for both of us, um, but it may not be so comfortable for an outsider. What do you mean by that? I mean, like, kind of what you were saying. So I have had a situation where, you know I told you I teach college and I do this podcast and i to make a living i teach tennis because i'm out here in the bay area and in or you know i don't make enough money teaching college to survive um, yeah, but
2: your resume already looks i mean what do you mean like that's a catch
0: i don't know like a girl comes over and she's like i think she i can already tell that she was hoping or she thought i'd have nicer stuff um uh-huh. you know and i don't i feel like my my place looks like a like a graduate student's Dwellings, and I think you know being forty-nine. Right, but that's an easy fix. But that's an easy fix. That's an easy fix. In a way. Yeah, I think so. You're still a professor
2: and a tennis instructor.
0: Yeah, but like that, you know, the baggage that comes with that, where I think people have an expectation of uh, a, a different kind of uh, life, and so the but my my sort of night house, the you know, the place where because I stay up late and um, and I write. And I watch weird vampire movies, but the thing is, is that you know, for to bring somebody into that, I realize most people aren't like, um, I'm gonna say us. I'm gonna say that you, that we're a lot alike, and I don't, you know, most people like women. They they're looking for somebody who will who will you know be a little more solid. I think at least this is on my end. Oh so, yeah, right. Of course. What would you want from your daughter?
2: And what would you want for them? I mean, exactly. It's like- don't be with that. I say that to girls, you know, sometimes I was like, you don't want me. No, 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 no. <laughs> what are you doing? You need to date like a banker or something. You crazy? right? Like, from the way you're talking, saying you want a family. I'm like, yeah, well, you got to, you know, don't fuck around with it. You know, a musician that can't get his shit off the ground, you know, like how much do you have to hate yourself to be with me?
1: Like, yes, it's
2: almost like it's like it's like what it's like the Woody Allen thing. It's like, why would if you want to be with me? Then you must hate yourself. Right. You know,
0: or I mean, if you want to be with me, I am now suspicious of you.
2: Well, sure.
0: Yeah. So so I mean, like what you're saying to me makes sense, because when I turned 40, I thought about this stuff, too, Where like I might need to up the game a little bit. Just in terms of like, you know, I don't think when people come into my house, not that it's that's nothing horrible about it, but I don't think that they kind of go like, oh, this this will be a good place to nest with this guy. Um, and it's, it's become a problem, I think. I mean, especially because I think it's only gotten worse as I've gotten older. Um, you become more set in your ways. Right, but that's,
2: but, you know, I guess you were both not giving enough credit to ourselves. I mean, it's not really all about that stuff. I mean, yes, people want to feel safe, but like, uh, you know, a nice house and a backyard and a dog and a child rarely makes people feel safe, you know? That's true. You're right. So people like what they like, and I mean, I wouldn't feel safe in that situation unless it was the right person. I would feel miserable in that situation, you know?
0: Exactly. I mean, but a lot of times people will say things like, you know, like what, what level of illusion am I willing to buy into? Um, And you you start making these, you start making these decisions. Um, I mean, my, my own problem is I think I'm a really late bloomer. I I didn't think about this stuff until three weeks ago. I mean, I I wasn't thinking about it. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean. But there's another
2: big delusion going on. I mean, life is pretty short, you know? Yeah. And it may be shorter than we think. And it's like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's like, it's, it's like a blink of an eye here. So, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to just – it's not good to be alone all the time. Let me put it that way, you know? Right. It's like you gotta. I mean, I used to. If I I used to have you know party all the time, and then I stopped doing that, and I was like, hmm. And I hated dinner parties. I hated going out to dinner. I was like, fuck that. But then at some point, I was like, maybe I should go out to dinner every night. <laughs> it's like because I gotta do something. Like that sounds fun, you know. Like kind of like uh like I'll hang out with friends down here sometimes. Like go out and get some food and and go home. I'm like, oh that's pretty nice <laughs> yeah, you know that went well feels, feels pretty good that went well so i think you asked a while ago like whatever you asked i think every little thing helps, you know everything even just driving or
0: getting out there i think
2: you got to get out there
0: yeah i know
2: especially if you're i mean if, if you're if you have a relationship or married and kids like it's different but if you're not, you got to get out there. I mean, or you're gonna end up like, I mean, Serge Gainsbourg, right? You know? Right. Die,
0: right.
2: die in a black painted wall room alone. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Absolutely. Out of all, out of everything, he ends up alone with this bottle, in a black room. You need somebody. Everyone needs somebody some capacity. I mean, I'm not saying get married. I'm saying get married and don't live with the person. I don't care. You know, have a girlfriend that you don't live it's like, it's, You know, I think that's why people like us, like because I am very, like, you know, inside myself and alone. I think that's why I talk on the phone to people constantly, you know. Me too. For hours. Because it's a way to be alone
0: and also not be alone. That is it exactly. I think you just hit it on the head.
2: Um, I think this is where this whole conversation was heading. <laughs> That's pr- pretty good. <laughs> well, because, And what is that? Because nobody – because you can do exactly what you want to do, even though you're on the phone with this person. You can go here. You can go there. Go in the
0: car. Do this stuff. Have a beer. Right? Right. And you – you have this you, you have the illusion of being social, you're feeding that, but you're also really but doing it on not, your own your own terms right
2: but it's not it, it is social but it's, it is social it's part partly social i mean I think there is an element to being human where you need to also touch people um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think even shaking hands and just doing things like that. Everybody needs a hug. I mean, I don't know. So that does take care of part of it,
0: but not the whole thing. No. So, so you and I have to make a deal, and the deal is we can't die alone in a black room. Well, don't paint your walls black, and you can fix that.
2: <laughs> that part's easy. And um, <laughs> who knows about dying alone, man? Can you imagine being eighty? Yeah. No unbelievable it's
0: unbelievable it is i mean it's and also the weird thing is if you look at Serge Gainsbourg and you you look at him handsome guy always with you know a cigarette and a hot girl i would never have pegged him to die alone in a black room
2: he's probably a hard guy to be around i'm imagining at certain times (laughs) and he was also kind of a loner too wasn't he yeah i mean he He drank a lot He was a—he was, was a believer. Like he really, <laughs> he really—you uh, know—wake up and drink some more, sort of guy.
0: Yeah, I think. And he lived—I don't know—he died at what what age? He probably lived into his seventies, didn't he? I don't think so. No. Just, no, fifties. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you're right. He just looks so much older. Yeah, I think you're right. What
2: an amazing looking man. <laughs>
0: I know. Amazing looking man. His nose, his eyes, his—he had a look. His daughter. Um, see, there is a great duet right there. His daughter's—I think she'd be uh, a terrific foil for you, Charlotte. Yeah.
2: I feel like she only works with the best of the best, like uh, Beck, and you know, I'm not. A, I don't think I, I'm not. A, she's in the high. Uh, she's in the the uh, the high society. Oh, her
0: voice is is great. Yeah, it's cool. The records are very well done. Very well That's done. Sure. Um, well, I mean, look, man. I mean, I, I was working on an essay last week, and and I didn't know when it was going to be done. But I, re- I, a friend of mine pointed out that the word essay just means an attempt. You know, so you're just attempting something, and I think art is just an attempt. And so I know in our conversation we did. I know we didn't solve anything, but I, I think we attempted. We made a lot of attempts. Yeah, I mean,
2: every day you learn something new, that's for sure. Right. Um, or it all, all turns into something. So.
0: By the way, we for the magazine we we shot Charles Bradley uh, very close to uh, before he he passed away, and that guy, man, he just radiates electricity too. He's one of those guys that must have been fun to work with him.
2: Mm. Yeah, I mean, to watch him sing, it's like, huh like, wow, like it doesn't really get any realer than that. I mean, I was thinking like, cause he was just singing in my room, you know? And the top of his lungs and I was like, if anybody was watching this, I don't care who it is, Nick Jagger, Bob Dylan, Jack White, I, I don't care. I don't think anyone would be like, not totally like, uh, uh, just like, oh, this is the real deal. Like, I don't know what you could do to prove to any of these guys. You know what I mean? If yeah. they saw that, it's was like, yeah, obviously, he's the real dude. Real, I mean, you, this is what, yeah, this is what it is. You know, and I don't, you don't really see that, you know, a lot, because most people, I mean, they can be the real deal. But you could also be convinced that they're not. Some people are like, yeah, I don't like it or whatever. It's like, yeah, but he's, you know, it's quite clear that this man is a soul singer.
0: It's weird that he went for so long without being. It seemed like, you know, here he was in his 60s and it, fa- it feels like he was finally like connecting with a bigger audience.
2: Well, I think it probably took that tone. you know?
0: Yeah. Like,
2: God, I mean, obviously it did take someone to make it work, you know? You know, you need the fucking the structure. You need something, you know? You can't get the structure without. Um, money, actually, actually, it all ties. You know, it, it it all goes into it, and you know, it's actually hard to play music without money. That goes into why I was saying um, I just want to play alone. Like, call me that night, and I'll play. Because I can't. When I I get anxious looking at musicians, I'm like, I can't. For, like at bands, I'm like, that looks like a fortune. You know, like if I had if I had a million dollars, I'd be playing every night with a full band. Right. You know. Right. I can't. I can't even comprehend it. You know. Yeah, for a show, I could get it together. It'd be super stressful. You know, hiring people. But um, you can't. That's you just gotta pl- go and play with your guitar. You know what I mean? And not even think. You can't lose money playing music. So. No. I got a little off
0: track there, but. No, no, no. That's uh, that's that's actually good. Um, I uh, I hope you'll come back on the show, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm uh, I I dragged darkness, but I appreciate you chatting with me about
2: it. Oh, this was dark. No, yeah, it's just you wait. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'd love to come back on.
0: Come come back back on. yeah, dude. I and I got to tell you. I I I really have listened to your music for so long and I and I uh, was so excited to chat with you because I um you know, I I've, I've had your stuff with me for a long time and uh and it's nice to uh to put a voice to the music. Um do you think I'm like what you thought? Like, I was yeah, you're exactly you what you you opened
2: your- it up you opened <laughs> it up with uh that. So <laughs> Yeah. And I've met people you know this guy came up to me on the street once early on when I was playing with Levy and he was like you gotta act the part, man be what your music is I don't know who he was he just walked up to me he's like you gotta be like your son he's like bro I was like god damn it if I had a nickel man I was like what do you want me to be Eddie Vedder like like who who is I mean I'd love to be him too but unfortunately this is what I am you know
0: Look, come back on the show. That was a blast. I really enjoyed that, man. Yeah, I'd love to do it
2: again. It was a good way to spend a couple hours.
0: (laughs) Kind Kind of a towering chat there. Uh, with James Levy. That was epic. That was an epic chat. Uh, If you were on the Stairmaster at the gym and you were like, well, I'll get off this thing when the conversation's over, uh, think how ripped you are now. Think about what kind of shape you're in, thanks to me and James Levy. That was a great uh, conversation to get fit to. Uh, Maybe you were in the bathtub, uh, you're probably waterlogged, uh, or maybe you were driving, and now you're probably lost. Uh, James Levy, his new album is called Somebody. It's out now. Uh, Go to uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash reputante. Uh, I said reputante uh, because I was trying to be all fancy, uh, but that was wrong and stupid. Uh, Facebook.com slash reputante. Is not the way to pronounce it. Reputant would be correct. But if you're just going online to find it, you don't have to pronounce it at all. Just go there silently, buy the guy's new album, because it's one of the best of the year. And after you buy James's album, go to my website, alexgreenonline.com. All information about me is there. And if you want to follow me on social media, that's very easy, on Twitter at Embers editor, on Instagram at Embers Podcast, or you can email me, editor, at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Who do you want on the show? Who do you want me to bring back to the show? And uh, who should be banned from the show? <laughs> we don't do that. We don't ban anybody. But now that I've brought it up, uh, I'm curious to know who you think should never come back. No one comes to mind on my end. Everyone's been lovely. Why am I even uh, broaching the subject? It's kind of like saying to someone you're dating, what are some things about me you don't like? And eight hours later, your self-esteem is just a memory. So let's keep it positive. Who should come back? Okay, let's just work in that column. Now, when it comes to podcast platform columns, we can be found in all of them. That's right. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is everywhere, and you can't stop us. (laughs) Why would you want to Uh, at this point? We're not really a threatening entity. We're sort of a uh, warm and fuzzy one. Uh, You can find us—I don't know what that means. You can find us on Spotify, Google Play, Last.fm, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and now iHeartRadio. I'll let you take it from there. You know what to do. Subscribe for free. Leave a nice comment. Tell all your friends. Spread the word. And while you're at it, please spread the word about this James Levy record. It is phenomenal. And to prove my point even more, I'm going to play a song from it for you right now. Thank you, as always, for listening to the program. Here's James Levy with Bell, And I'll see you next time right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast only on Bombshell Radio. Fall in
1: love fall apart begin again I heal them well and the smell that's within your bell I know it's